Hello, this is Thad Smith from Westside B-Boys. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago Smart Talk. This is Mike Novak. Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in the main. Right. And there's, and there's a guy in the studio who knows all about double digging and whether it's worth anything. And good planets. <laughs> and good planets, too. And he's looking up at the big screen with his uh, bio up there, very official-like. Because the last time he was with us on the radio was uh, when we were at Pirate Radio. Arr, arr. Pirate Radio. Arr. And... Uh, the guy is uh, Lori Lewis, um, who is the co-chair of the 49th Annual Sheffield Music Festival and Garden Walk. Although some places you see it as the 49th Annual Sheffield Garden Walk and Music Festival. So kind of depends where you go. What's well, well, Mike, I've been involved. This is my 20th year. And I've. it's like people referring to Marshall Fields and Macy's downtown. I still refer to it as Marshall Fields. Yep. And <laughs> since always. I've been involved as the uh, garden, I always refer to it as Sheffield Garden Walk. Uh, that's what I started as, and uh, it's tough for me to change, uh, even though it's evolved into much more than just gardens. Well, that's the thing. It's evolved into what some people call the best uh, summer festival in the city, and uh, it's got music and entertainment and food and garden walk and kids corner and church tours architectural tours uh, all kinds of stuff it's 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 pretty intense for a couple of days especially for people like you because you help put it together that is correct <laughs> we start uh, started preparations about 10 months ago for this year's festival yikes and i know that from my experience talking to lori and we've done this a lot over the years and this is the fourth Different radio station you followed me to, so I appreciate that. I'm glad you found it. No problem. Uh, and uh, the one thing that Lori does, this is the week that Lori looks at the weather forecast when he gets up in the morning, <laughs> at lunch, uh, in mid-afternoon, then at night, and then before he goes to bed, he looks at it again. He probably wakes up in the middle of the night, looks at it again. Am I am I right about it's, that? It is unbelievable. The... the that is the most uh, frustrating aspect of this entire planning process is the weather. And as we've seen during the past week in the Chicago area, uh, 100-year rains now occur twice a week. So Mm -hmm. who knows what will happen. And last year, unfortunately, was our uh, first time ever in 48 years that we were rained out on both days with absolutely torrential downpours, trees down. What was this, last year? Last year. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. And then what happened? I mean, what do you... We take a big financial loss Mm. because you have to pay for the entertainment. The rains didn't start last year until about 5.30 on both evenings. Uh So people got to enjoy the gardens. Uh huh. But um, beyond that, the rains, I mean, it was just, we had three trees down on Sheffield. My goodness. That's awful. See, and that 
And I feel so sorry for you because I know how hard this is. And he brought in a poster and it's got all the bands listed and the. Uh, all Mike's favorite bands. All my favorite bands. A Foxygen is going to be there. Did you know that? I see, Trippin' Bikes are going to be there. Yeah. Or uh, Trippin' Billies. Actually, somebody, part. you know, and, and I'm making fun of myself, not of, <laughs> not of the festival. I'm making fun of myself because I am so out of touch. But see, this has got to be something that keeps you young because this keeps you in touch with the bands that are happening in Chicago. You know, our uh, whole volunteer planning committee consists of men and women in their 20s to uh, my age. And uh, so we have a tremendous uh, diversity of interests, and our appeal is to people of all ages, especially the gardens, because every year we see more and more younger people uh, attending and, and viewing the gardens. Yeah, that's one of the things you talked about last year was how encouraged you were that younger people were now getting involved in putting gardens together. And that's that's terrific because those things kind of ebb and flow. And, you, and you, of course, you want, you want uh, uh, the folks moving in, the, the younger folks, to, to take an active interest in that so you can get them in the garden walk. Earlier this spring, uh, Treves Park, which is our community park uh, that I maintain, we had a, a spring cleanup day, and we had about 30 people, uh, mostly under the age of 40 with kids uh, helping to clean up Trebes Park and prepare the gardens for this season. Well, that's Lori Lewis, Master Gardener, also former Chicago Gardener of the Year, co-chair of the 49th Annual Sheffield Music Festival and Garden Walk. He's here. We're going to take your calls at 847-475-1590 if you got garden questions because we're going to talk gardening. We'll talk the festival, of course. It's next week, July 22nd and 23rd. Uh, you can go to SheffieldGardenWalk.com for more information. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Give us a call, 847-475-1590, and we'll do our best to uh, answer a garden question. Be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free of ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and other treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths, including the non-toxic Cezanne Keratin Smoothing Treatment. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st century hair care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. No longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Angelic Organics Learning Center celebrates its 10th annual Peak Harvest Farm Dinner on July 27th with a special tribute to Chef Paul Virant for his influence on countless chefs, farmers, and eaters. Feast on a freshly harvested five-course meal at Galleria Marchetti, Chicago that's designed by protégés of Chef Virant from notable area restaurants. Enjoy delicious delights from the Bang Bang Pie Stand, cocktails from local purveyors, live bluegrass, photo ops with adorable farm animals, and special guests including Monica Eng of WBEZ, chefs, farmers, and even me, Mike Novak. Dinner ingredients will be served at their peak freshness from sustainable sources. Join me and a bunch of folks who love good local food at Galleria Marchetti on July 27th. For tickets and information, go to learngrowconnect.org slash farm dinner. This is your talk. Do you read me? On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, is anybody even out there? And I ain't gonna drink your dirty water no more Well, I got wet from my head down to my legs Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show. Of course, uh, it's 
Speaking of dirty water, there's a lot of it floating around here, and we're lucky. Well, see, I'm I'm lucky, and I think Lori Lewis, you're lucky because we didn't get that uh, so much uh, in our places, in our gardens. Uh, not like last year. You were talking last year that um, um, the the uh, Sheffield Garden Walk and Music Festival got completely rained out. What what did it do to your garden? Anything? Well, actually. Uh it did nothing to the gardens because the torrential downpour lasted about uh, two and a half hours. Uh-huh. Uh, we got two to three inches. And other than the streets, uh, many of which flooding, many trees down in the neighborhood, uh, uh, the gardens throughout the neighborhood uh, really did very well. And because we had had a dry spell before those torrential rains and we could use the rain, unfortunately, Chicago weather you don't get those uh, nice uh, soaking rains. You get deluges. <laughs> I, know, I know. Believe me. Actually, just uh, this week on my block, uh, the uh, the city water guys came out, and we had a, a drain that just refused to drain. It would every every rain, every rain we would get, mm-hmm. it would form a lake, and it would be out there. And finally, I, I'm driving by, and these guys are out there, and they're rotting it or doing whatever. I said. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And they said, yeah, we found a blockage here. Then we went down. We Then we found another blockage. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, maybe we were that's, talking about yeah, that last may, week. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's why nothing ever drains through there. So I'm hoping that two things happen. One, that it drains, the water drains off the street now. And two, it doesn't go into my basement because uh, uh, I've, I've had that happen once or twice, too. So One Shemeika quick Coulton. comment about the flooding of the streets throughout Chicago you know, for years we've been encouraging the use of mulch, you know, for conserving moisture in the soil, weeds, yeah. and so forth. Well, when we have these heavy rains, what happens to a lot of that mulch? It washes off the uh, front yards, yep. parkways, into the street. And, mm-hmm. right, driveways and wherever. and um, Into the sewers. And, yeah, into the sewer. Well, soil washes off, too. You know, it's it's... it's but one of the questions we asked uh, before the show started when we were on with Mighty House uh, before the top of the hour was about what recourse you have if you have a flood and your plants are sitting in the water and they get drowned. Uh, there really isn't much you can do. It's You're, you're mm-hmm. pretty much – uh, plants need oxygen. They need water. But they need oxygen. So if there's a flood and the water's sitting there, the plants are going to die. Um, they're going to be starved for oxygen, and they're going to die. Um, have you dealt with this in the past, Lori, and what do you do? I have. And, uh, yes, there is absolutely no recourse, even with plants. When the city, and this happened to me on my own property, the city came and treated the ash trees uh, for ML ash borer. They trampled a number of perennials uh, just to, totally to the ground Yikes. around the trees, and mm. I took photos, sent it to the alderman. Nothing could be done. It's parkway property. The city has no liability. Uh, even the flooding of your house because of a poor sewer system in the city of Chicago, they, you ha- the city has no liability. What you can do from a gardening perspective is utilize in those areas that are prone to uh, poor drainage or more flooding are used. There are plenty of plants out there, <laughs> yeah. native plants that love wet feet. Mm-hmm. Give and, us give us some examples and, of those. Uh, well, one shrub, for example, uh, chokeberry, mm-hmm. plethora, uh, which are very very nice native plants. Um, I have uh, in areas that uh, are prone to soggy conditions, really? and they uh, are very very. Mm-hmm. Good uh, as far as uh, tolerating that wet area. And uh, from a perennial standpoint, there are many, many perennials, both uh, shade type and well as uh, uh, sun type, that uh, that love wet feet. Iris, I, I mean, I grow iris. Uh, the, um, the pot is uh, in a, uh, actually half in water. Canna lilies. One of the nicer looking flowers of the year. People think it's not a hardy it's not a hardy uh, plant in Chicago, but I keep the pot half in water and okay. it blooms. It actually does better in the water in a pot than it does in the ground. Ah, 
So those uh, there are a lot they of They like examples. their wet feet, obviously. Yeah. Sedges. Yeah. Sedges. My, my palm sedges are going crazy. They eat all kinds of uh, sedges, uh, different types of carex um, are great. There's another plant, uh, chelone or turtlehead, commonly called, mm-hmm. a night fall bloomer. They love wet feet. And that's a, that's a native, too. That is a native. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, I've been meeting to and grow. And one because... other shrub that is really okay. tough to find, physocarpus, nine bark, which is a uh, native shrub, and it can very much toler- tolerate wet soil. Uh, getting back to turtlehead, it also uh, will tolerate low light. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so if you got a, a swampy area and it doesn't have a lot of sun, and I don't know why I haven't planted turtle head because I've got a lot of shade in my yard and uh, it would probably do very, very well. And it doesn't bloom till late August going into September. Well, I can still yep. get some then. Absolutely. And people think those late blooming uh, uh, perennials, uh, you know, they think of asters. Well, there's a lot more besides an aster. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So uh, that that is uh, Lori Lewis, uh, Master Garden. You're still a Master Garden. Yes, I am. Yes, good. And I know that uh, one of the things we should talk about very quickly is I know that Lori has entered the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. Give him a ding. You bet, which is uh, something that this show put together with Illinois Extension and um, Natural Awakenings Chicago and the Shed Aquarium and Chicago Community Gardeners Association and the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Uh, all these folks got together because you, in the past, have entered gardens in what used to be called the Mayor's Landscape Awards, uh, and uh, you were often a winner. You were, in fact, in the year 2000, the Chicago Gardener of the Year. That's correct. Uh, um, and a lot of your gardens have won awards yes, over the uh, years. Yes, community gardens uh, throughout the neighborhood. Um and it's always interesting. I mentioned this a few years back to you when the current administration took office in their methodology of trying to uh, balance the city budget. Uh, the city motto, Herbs in Orto, City in a Garden, uh, they canceled the Mayor's Landscape Award program. I you were say after they canceled the motto of the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after 57 years, graffitied it, uh, not realizing that. There was corporate sponsorship for that program. It involved no cost to the city of Chicago. I know that. And uh, I was aware of that. And a lot of people were aware of it. And we just couldn't figure out why the current administration decided that they didn't want to do this, especially when it didn't cost them any money. This is the, the classic lose-lose proposition for the city of Chicago. It doesn't cost you any money. It spreads goodwill Uh, throughout the communities. It's actually good for communities because people who work together in gardens, uh, I mean, there are studies that show that that areas that are landscaped uh, have less crime, that sort of thing. It brings people together. We know in my neighborhood that it chased the gangs out of the neighborhood when we did a community garden. Uh, So the city of Chicago benefits from that, and it makes them look like good guys. So when you pull the plug on it, Rahm Emanuel, uh, (laughs) it you look like a, a jerk. And the folks who are out there who want to uh, show off their yards and say, I'm proud to live in the city of Chicago. Here's what I've done with my property. I'm trying to make the city a better place. You you trample on that. You, you, you thumb your nose at it because you'd rather have the PGA golf course on the south side that where you're going to rip up two perfectly good golf courses that a lot of city people, you know, now I'm getting mad because I saw this, the, the articles, this continues this whole thing in it, it, the, you know, with the Obama library, but especially the golf courses where they're going to rip up those golf courses and create, create a PGA style. Uh, they, they want to invite a tournament. That no one can afford that. No one can afford. I won't be able to afford it. Okay. And certainly the people in Hyde Park won't be able to afford it. On the south side won't be able mm-hmm. to afford it. Uh, and why? Because they can't. Because it's a it's land prestigious. grab. So instead of, instead of encouraging people to put their gardens out there and do something that doesn't cost you anything uh, and is goodwill for the city, you do this instead. 
this I I I'm sh- I'm scratching my head here. So, Mike, I think you should run for mayor. <laughs> oh dear. Believe me, I I have <laughs> thought about it, and if I didn't have a whole lot of skeletons in my closet, man, I would do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but you know, I do have my opinions about it, and and um, they're getting. I'm, I, I think some of it is also awareness that people don't necessarily understand the good effects of gardening and the good effects of pulling community to get community together and, and beautification. I mean, you're on the parks and beautification board in your area. In, in Sheffield, and the it's Sheffield gotta be, neighborhood. It's got to be constant education. It It is. And the community park that uh, we maintain in Treves Park, uh, Treves Park is one of the most uh, uh, used parks. It's a small park that has a baseball field but one of the most used parks in the Chicago uh, city of Chicago. The anchor to that park is a butterfly garden, which we established about uh, eight or nine years ago. And between the skids that go to Oscar Mayer School, which is part of the park, and the people that come there with their dogs or just to relax in the park, uh, they're greeted by this, what's in bloom now, tremendous-looking garden with educational uh, uh, possibilities to it, including the butterflies and the pollinators and so forth, mostly native plants. How long have you lived in the Sheffield neighborhood? I've lived in the Sheffield neighborhood 27 years. All right. So 27 years ago, it wasn't what it is today. In fact, you could probably argue at the time, and, and, and you've seen this all over the city. I mean, pe- I, I tell people when I moved to the city back in the 70s, uh, Old Town, you did you didn't go to Old Town. It was mm-hmm. scary. Yeah. It was funky and burned out. You didn't go to Logan out. Square. You, you didn't, didn't go to Humboldt Park. Go, Logan Square. Oh my goodness, that was scary. And now it's like the 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 most popular. And neighborhood. now your house is a teardown. And now my house is a teardown. <laughs> Don't even go down down that road. Uh, but uh, Sheffield was like that too. And I imagine that watching people put gardens in, and you've been part of this. Uh, is part of the reason that neighborhood changed. Sheffield Garden Walk started in 1969 with about uh, 10 gardens and about uh, 40 garage sales. And uh, very... so, so the garden, <laughs> the garage sales outnumbered the gardens. Right. I like Absolutely. that. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, that was a huge thing then. And very, very few people went west of Halstead into the Sheffield neighborhood. DePaul had a few buildings in their Lincoln Park campus, and that was it. And now, yeah, this is our 49th year, uh, the number of the, the growth and the gentrification of that entire Sheffield neighborhood and going west into areas like Bucktown, uh, which is directly west of us, mm-hmm. going north of us into areas like Wrigleyville, and then going south of us into uh, the Ranch Triangle area, as well as the uh, West Chicago area, uh, is it's the whole north side's an explosion. But particularly Sheffield, where uh, we now, I mean, it's not unusual to find all these multi-multi-million dollar homes. Many of them, uh, yes, they're great-looking homes, but many of them have replaced, and during my tenure there, beautiful cottagey-type homes, which had great gardens. And the one thing that people do not do in these fancy new homes, as a general rule, is invest in the garden. They will invest Mm. in the appliances and the furnishings and the architecture. They might have a roof deck that they themselves can see, but in terms of the public front yard area, or even parkway area, they do very little. Hmm. So, Why is that? so be careful what you wish for in terms of the neighborhood coming up. That's right. It's 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 a double edged sword, and uh, you know that's my my plan to do things to make people aware in our neighborhood uh, by staying involved in this garden walk and doing things in our community garden. And talking about it on our uh, website, uh, uh, email blast that we do throughout the neighborhood, our newsletter, to encourage people to do something green. And obviously our big push now, of course, are native plants. Uh, Which I'm so happy to hear about because we more and more on our program. But uh, back to Peggy's question, why do you think they don't do this? Is it because the, the new buildings take up too much space on the property? They don't care. 
<laughs> Seriously. I, I, no, I'm with they, you there. You know what? They take up, they try to maximize the square <laughs> footage, but they can't build, they can't put the front of their foundation on the, at the sidewalk. There has to be they a setback. Yeah, they would if they could. They would if there has to be a setback. The FARs are and, a setback. You and in do most it. cases, there's always a parkway, either given the parkway is city property, but you maintain it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And people say, oh, I'm not going to maintain it because the dogs walk on it, da-da-da-da. I have a yeah, award-winning, yeah. I have a gorgeous parkway, and where I've seen beautifully planted parkways that animals do not go there. Will they go to a weeded one? Absolutely. And I think people uh, are so concerned with their internal living space that they kind of forget externally uh it's not a priority. It's not a priority. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I love having you on the show, Lori, is you don't hold back. <laughs> uh, you know, he fits he, right in. You know, but he's done this for so many years. At a certain point, you get the right. You earn the right to speak your mind, and and I really do appreciate it because I think a lot of people feel the same way you do. It's like if you're going to put these McMansions on, at least make it look good on the outside too and a lot of them are butt ugly i can tell you that (laughs) it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki we're talking to Lori lewis give us a phone call 847-475-1590 we'll be right back now's the time to get on board with one of McHenry county's premier sustainability and healthy living events If your business offers products or services that are eco-friendly, healthy, locally produced, or energy efficient, McHenry County College wants you to join them as an exhibitor at its annual Green Living Expo. The event takes place November 4th, but registration for vendor and artist space is open now. McHenry County College is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and this year's Green Living Expo is going to be bigger than ever. They've added an artist walk where visitors can shop and chat with local sustainable artists. And if you offer eco-friendly holiday gifts, you'll get a head start on the season. Mike and I were there last year, and the Expo is a great way to interact with McHenry County's green community. Register today for the McHenry County College Green Living Expo. Call 815-479-7765 or email sustainability at mchenry.edu. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. What's the use in trying? Welcome back to to the Mike Novak Show. And of course... uh, we probably won't even get to the uh, the chorus here, but uh, Los Lobos talks about uh, Can't Stop the Rain. At least that's this song. So uh, we won't get to it. Uh, we got Lori Lewis here uh, in the studio, and we were uh, commenting off air, and some of you watching on Facebook probably Yeah, heard get over there and watch us, guys. The question you asked, because you're starting to advocate, and I really appreciate this because I know over the years— um, Tastes have changed and evolved in plants, and what we were planting 20 years ago is not necessarily what we're planting today. And you'd think, well, the plants haven't changed, although there are new and greater varieties of of everything, and I use greater in air quotes. Uh, But we've become more aware that we really need to plant our natives. Uh, And so you've gone in that direction too, haven't you? Absolutely. And uh, 
you know, there is all kinds of publicity you read about in the papers, you know, the decline of the bee population, especially honeybees, the decline of the monarch uh, butterflies, uh, and so forth. And uh, it doesn't take a lot of money to put in those kinds of plants that will support uh, that insect life. And as we all know, you know, if you don't have pollinators, we don't eat mm-hmm. because we need pollinators for all of our uh, food that we grow in the ground and so forth. Yeah. Um, but finding the availability of the natives is the real difficult mm-hmm. thing. And You um, say that in Chicago you, you have a hard time finding those uh, plants. Yeah. Now, obviously, you can order them online, and we have people, for instance, we have... Um, uh, Natural Communities yeah, Native Plants, which is a uh, sponsor of the Mike Novak Show. Uh, and, and he did the only native plant sale in the city at the plant earlier this year. That's right, at Plant Chicago on the south side. Uh, but we have some garden centers, and you and you contend, Lori, that it's hard to find natives there. Yeah, I'll go into a garden center, a large garden center, and uh, of their selection of shrubs, uh, 5% might mm-hmm. be natives. Ninety-five percent will be, uh, you know, non-native, same old, same old, basic. same old yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, new cultivars and all that, which they keep the industry keeps coming out with. You go into the perennial side, and that improves to about maybe twenty percent natives, and the rest are uh, non-natives or native R's, and that's another. Uh, Source of conversation, native ours versus straight natives. You should have been here last week when we were talking to Charlotte Edelman uh, with her her new Mm -hmm. book on Midwestern shrubs and trees, native Midwestern shrubs and trees. And that was her contention as well. She she not only goes after the horticultural industry for uh, not pushing natives more, but native ours as well. It's it's not good enough to have a native plant. We're going to improve on nature here, and we're going to make this native plant better for you. But it doesn't make it better. It makes it less viable usually. Uh, you might get a different color, uh, but what do you lose in the process? Is it less attractive to our pollinators? Is it less attractive to our birds? Um, it, it's it's sometimes hard to measure, but uh, why go down that road? My feeling about this, Lori, is as I've discovered the world of natives, I realize there are thousands and thousands of native plants out there that I've never heard of. So why do I need a the latest pink rose when I can discover a native plant that I never heard of and put it in my yard and it's just the same as finding a new cultivar? Or, or put in a turtle head that's going to last for two months or whatever yeah. that you don't Bloom have. for two months. Yeah. Not The plant won't no, last. No, no, it's going to bloom. <laughs> yeah. The blooms will continue. Now, now I'm not defending the garden centers of the horticultural industry in terms of what the hybridizers come up with, there are certain plants I actually have observed that are native ours that are well-suited, and the one thing I've observed, uh, pollinators. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a one of the most popular plants today, Allium summer beauty, which is a native R, attracts incredible numbers of pollinators. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it everywhere. You see yeah. it everywhere. Very, it's a hardy, tough plant, and uh, you know. So, you know, we can't create a new plant world overnight. So, if we are going to tr- slowly transition, at least start using some plants like that, which you know I personally have seen in in many many locations. They're tough. Drought tolerant, and they do work as far as our insect population. I'll tell you one thing, though: they don't. They after a while, if you grow them in the shade, <laughs> they they don't perform as well. And so I'm I've got some in the shade in my yard, and it didn't used to be shady; it has become shady over the years. And now they don't perform as well. So now I've realized, okay, now I've got to take them out and put them someplace else. And that's that's one of the things that happens in your gardens too. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, well, Peggy had a situation last year where the neighbors took out most of their trees. So I went from shade garden to sun. Full sun. And my trilliums were crispy this spring. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, I wonder if they'll adapt at all. I know they do like shade. They probably will. To some degree. My yard, trilliums and and Jackson the pulpit are almost weeds. They will grow in standing water. They will grow in dry, shade, bright. But Uh, they've adapted. I have found that when you go to an extreme of a mostly shade into a hot sun, probably midday sun perhaps, 
that some of those uh, woodland uh, mm-hmm. uh, understory plants will suffer and really get burned, mm-hmm. especially uh, um, uh, Tiarella. Ah, and right. that's a very delicate and, uh, you know, a very nice little uh, woodland plant. It's but, a lovely plant. But you know, it's, it's, it's so funny to have you here, and you mentioned these plant names. And this is another thing that happens if you grow plants. You grew a plant 20 years ago, and you haven't grown it since, and then somebody brings it up, and you go, yeah, why don't I grow that anymore? Yeah, what, because be, you can't grow everything be, at one time. Because on a 25 by 125 <laughs> lot, you are limited. <laughs> That's true. Or you can't find the replacement plant going back to what you said <laughs> exactly. about nurseries not having yeah. it. Exactly. I will tell one plant that I have seen that was standard in the industry, the uh, uh, Stella de Oro de Lily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everywhere from... Parking lots to homes, you saw that plant. Every corporate campus. 20, uh, 10 to 20 years ago, it was that was the plant. And now I rarely, rarely see it used. Very interesting. Because now they've, now it's not a native plant, but they've no. come up with a lot better looking daylilies through hybridization and so forth. Um, that are repeaters. That are yes. repeaters. That are repeaters. And, but the Stella d'Oro, they, which they still sell, but it's cheap. It's very, very cheap, and that means, uh, you know, they just, it's just not popular to use anymore, which is great. Uh, the the one uh, species of uh, uh, plant that uh, I've seen incredible hybridization, native plant, the Echinacea, mm-hmm. they've come out with more colors, sizes, and variations of that plant through hybridization than any other uh, genus I think I've seen. I know. It's and 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 that brings me to my question when I when I talk about this is how many of those do you need really? It's it's so beautiful as a purple flower. I don't need an orange variety of it. I really don't. If I want an orange plant, I will get butterfly weed or something else. You know, you don't necessarily need and again, I know this is what keeps the these uh, these companies, the the horticultural companies in business, they do this kind of stuff. But what I want to go back to something you said before. The problem is it's the monopoly of all the newest hybrids and not enough emphasis on natives. If we even went to fifty fifty, I could probably live with the other stuff. But we're not, as you said, the shrubs you barely see any at all, and plants maybe twenty or perennials maybe twenty percent. People. Go to a garden center. They buy what is on the shelf. They buy what's blooming that's been what's put out blooming, in front of them. What's been put out in front of them. And they go there and they ask the people that work there what's a good plant for the sun or the shade or whatever. Um, and some of the plant people that work at these places are knowledgeable and some are not. But the people will buy what they see. And if the buyers for these garden centers say to the uh, growers, I would like to, I would like Echinacea pallida, Echinacea purpurea. I don't want hot papaya or <laughs> tomato soup. <laughs> and they put them out and the people will buy them because that's what's there. I almost think there's also a view of the, like the Echinacea purpurea as old and plain. You open up a glossy gardening magazine, and here's all the latest. Yeah, but when you colors. see those in bloom, yeah. you don't care. Well, you know, I, but I, how I, it's it's kind of like Scott's lawn product. What have we been brainwashed for? We yeah, well, it is brainwashing, and that's part of the problem. We've been brainwashed to accept lawns. We've been brainwashed to accept the latest, you know, a new variety of rose. How many darn roses are there out there in the world? And, uh, you know, you figured you'd come to the end of the line when the knockouts came and and they you couldn't kill them and they almost never got disease and they bloomed all summer. And you thought, OK, end of story. We've reached the end of the line. But no, it that whole thing continues as well, because now the thing was, well, we need a knockout with fragrance. So we're going to try to get that there. But the guy who made the who who came up with the knockout is rich, <laughs> as we've uh, documented on this program. Um, so maybe that's it. Everybody's looking to get rich. I don't know. I just, I would like to see a little more constant, uh, you know, take the guy, you want to sit down the garden people in a room and say, Hey folks, really, Mm -hmm. really, how hard is, would it be to, to put a few more natives? Well, American 
economy is based on innovation. Innovation means coming out, whether it's electronics, cars, coming out with the newest, better, Food. best thing. Food. And But people realize we have a problem going on around this planet called global warming. And uh, one of the things that will help our environment are the things that were here long before we were. And those are native plants. And there's no innovation involved in mm-hmm. selling native plants. It's like a 125-year-old house. Why tear it down yeah. when you could? Uh, exactly. Anyway. All right. Well, listen, um, I, I want uh, Lori to stick around to the top of the hour because we, st- we still need to talk about the bands. Yeah. They're going to be at the Sheffield Music Festival and Garden Walk next weekend. Um, there are other garden walks coming up, too, um, and, and maybe we'll even yeah. manage we, to bring a couple of those in. What? And we might even be able to sneak in one or two more entries in Sega if they talk nice to us. Uh, you know, that's true. If you have, if you're listening and you had a garden and you meant to get it and, uh, entered into the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards competition and missed out, hey, Peggy and I know people, you can still get in the competition. So, uh, give us a call or write to Mike at MikeNovak.net or call us 847-475-1590. We're talking to Lori Lewis on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Hey, Ron Cowgill. Yes, Mike Novak. How would you like to drive the safest, quickest, and most capable sports utility vehicle in history? Legally? Of course legally. In fact, you would own it. Legally? Stop saying that. I'm talking about the Illinois Solar Energy Association, which is raffling off a 2017 Tesla Model X. You mean the one that comes standard, all-wheel drive, seating for up to seven adults, and up to 295 miles of range on a single charge? Yes. The one that can accelerate from zero to 60 in 2.9 seconds? Yes. How did you know that? I'm reading the script. Oh, well, then you probably know that only 2,500 tickets will be sold. They're 100 bucks each. You can purchase as many as you like, and the drawing is December 7th. Do I have to be present to win? Nope. Do I have to live in Illinois? Nope, just the lower 48 states. Is this the part where we read the disclaimer stuff really, really fast? Nah, this is where we tell people to get details at IllinoisSolar.org. You're good. Yeah. Your family and pets spend a lot of time in public parks, schoolyards, and on your own lawn. And you want those grounds to be not only beautiful, but safe. Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston company with a decade of experience successfully creating beautiful lawns naturally. Logic works with homeowners on the North Shore and also with schools, park districts, and cities across Chicagoland to manage large turf areas naturally. Get a free estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. Veggie Fest Chicago is back on August 12th and 13th. Be part of one of the largest vegetarian food and lifestyle festivals in North America. Veggies and omnivores alike will have a great time. There's a huge international food court, health professionals with advice for good living, food and cooking demos, a children's tent, live music with some of Chicago's best bands, more than 100 vendors, and it's free at Benedictine University. 5700 College Road in Lyle. Go to VeggieFestChicago.org. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on. Welcome to uh, 80s Saturday on the Mike Novak show, but it's not awesome. it's not 80s day at all on uh, at the Sheffield Music Festival and Garden Walk Saturday and Sunday July 22nd and 23rd, which is next weekend. It's why we have Lori Lewis in the studio Be- before we run out of time cuz we could wax poetic on gardening all day long. In fact, someday we'll do that. We'll just do it all day long and and have like eight hours of broadcasting. Have, yeah, and live can, studio audience. And by the way, I want to thank all the people. Where's that? Uh, uh, I see the mouse. You got the mouse? Okay. Mouse. Uh, you don't want to go that way. Uh, this is, <laughs> we have spaghetti in the studio. This is such a mess here. Okay. Uh, some of the folks here who are, um, oh, and I can't even scroll up. Why won't it let me scroll? Because it can't. Because it can't. Look at that. That's uh, well. Mike's there, and I know that. And, the, and uh, there are some other folks who are watching us live on Facebook. And he says, "Thanks for being here to speak about Zone Five plants." Well, not just. I'm not uh, an advocate necessarily of just Zone Five. I like Zone Four, Zone Six, 
It works for me, Zone 8. I just happen to live in Zone 5, um, and that's changing as well, mm-hmm. especially you in uh, in uh, in Sheffield, because you must have uh, some Zone 6 we, characteristics. We are now considered by the U.S. Uh, DA, a Zone 6, if you are in closer proximity to the lake. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, is that necessarily true? Well, who knows? Because who knows? here's the problem. If it gets down to minus 20, the plant doesn't care what zone it's labeled in, right. all right? And and that is something that uh, that uh, uh, Sean King Zett from the Carrot Trees told me, I want to say 15 years ago. Uh, he said, we've got to be really careful about when we decide to change the cold hardiness zones and tell people that they're in a in a warmer zone because it can still get to, to minus 20. Yeah. And then then you you kill your plants and you say, well, what happened? Well, what happened was you, you bought the hype. You got to be careful about that because right. it can still get, there's still and a wide And 15 years range. ago is hype versus climate variability now. Right. You know, you're going to get those wider swings. You and, know. and speaking of climate variability, very quickly, Rick DeMille's not here today because he's in Iceland. We're hoping to hear from him tomorrow. That would be really fun. He called in from Iceland on the Sunday show last week. Maybe he'll be back. If not, I think he's back on right here in this segment next Saturday. So stick around for that. Yes. Uh, I, I was going to say the uh, last two winters, of course, have been milder with mm-hmm. less snow. Yep. Uh, Which is not necessarily... Warmer temperatures. And and people think, as compared with the two before that, where we had very cold temperatures and a lot of snow, and people think, we don't have much snow. Boy, that's great. I don't have to shovel. Well, snow is a very beneficial thing to Mm -hmm. have in the winter for the protection it gives plants, Mm -hmm. the moisture it adds to the soil, especially uh, conifers. And uh, yes, you may have to shovel more, but... You also have more uh, cold and warm spells, which are not good uh, for the plants, causes some heaving. I suppose a perfect winter might be if we had a blanket of snow on the ground for about three months. Right. Starts in November and, and melts in April. Right. Maybe four months. Yeah. You know, Stays there. The roads and, stay and clear. And it's interesting that you should say that because I, Peggy knows I was saying this all winter long. We're going to see a lot of plant mortality this spring because there's no snow cover. And we would get really, and there were, I could see the plants heaving in Mm -hmm. my own backyard uh, and elsewhere. Uh, And it, yeah, it was warm ish, but it did get, it got, you know, it froze. We got down there and we just didn't have any blanket of mulch, which is our snow. So it was a tough year. So even if it seems warmer and you might enjoy it because you're not shoveling snow, the plants don't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, And by the way, that's Lori Lewis, uh, co-director of the Sheffield Music Festival and Garden Walk. I want to wave. I'm waving to Ireland. Liam O'Mara. Great show. Waving from Ireland. So at this point, top of the evening to you, sir. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, and, uh, so tell us a little bit about the, the, uh, the entertainment, uh, going on. I, I was making fun of you because I don't know any of these names, but these are some of the hottest acts in Chicago, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. Uh, most of them have, uh, uh, new music. In other words, uh, they've created their own music. They're not cover bands. Mm-hmm. Um, They've played other festivals in the Chicago area to fifteen or 20,000 people. You were talking about uh, Lucky Boys Confusion. Lucky Boys Confusion uh, played at a festival about uh, six or seven weeks ago, and they basically had about 20,000 people. Yikes. Um, And they are a local band, up and coming. They'll probably be in the super festivals within the next couple of years. Um but uh, you think they'll make it to Lollapalooza? It's very possible. Okay, cool. And but they've been to uh, many uh, outdoor, uh, I mean, uh, street festivals as well as uh, smaller indoor venues, and they've sold out. So between them and We the Kings, uh, and Foxygen and Jessica Lee Mayfield, those are our feature acts Saturday and Sunday, and everybody can find all of this information on SheffieldGardenWalk.com. And if you go to the festival, first of all, you go to the festival and you go to the garden walks. Correct. Uh, and some of them are guided and some of them are not guided. And you can do whatever. And, and how do they know which is we which? We have a, uh, a guidebook uh, with a map with detailed descriptions and addresses and locations of all the gardens. And uh, on 3.30 on Saturday and Sunday, 
we have a specific uh, guided garden tour to uh, with another garden professional and myself. We do two tours where we go to four or five specific gardens, some of which are not officially on the garden walk. And we will go in and in detail uh, explain the use of plants to the design, maintenance, as well as the different kinds of plants in those specific gardens. And in effect, it lasts about an hour and a half. So it's about an hour and a half garden class that you get for a $10 donation. And you during that, people ask questions all over the charts about gardening. I bet they do. Now, the music, I know, costs money to get into. It's like, what, 25 in advance, 30 on the day? or We have uh, two stages. One is a $10 donation. The other one is up and close and personal in the parking lot, and that is a $20 admission to that. Uh, but that's where you get to see the top, top entertainment. Okay, so it's still 20 bucks. I mean, really, that's not a lot. And what about uh, the other events like Kids' Corner, Architectural Kids' tours? Corner, uh, there are many complimentary uh, attractions. There are some uh, games and uh, where kids have, can pay and win prizes. We have a kids' talent show, which you can still sign up for. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, of course— I'm there. There, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, emotionally My, Mike's six years gonna, old. Mike is going to do Shakespeare. <laughs> hey, cool. And, of course, uh, one of the things that we are really lucky for in the Sheffield neighborhood, uh, part of our neighborhood is a historic district, and we have guided architectural tours, and there is one— this is interesting, Mike. There is one garden this year that is a house formerly was built in 1910 as a Greek Orthodox church, hmm. Russian Orthodox church, that during John Dillinger's days he used as a refuge. Wow. That was researched and proven by the current owner. Will, will Geraldo be there too? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I'm just. I know it's kind of. Connected. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's, you know. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of uh, from World War II and before. There's a lot of historical information about the Sheffield neighborhood that people will find interesting. All right. SheffieldGardenWalk.com. Lori Lewis, thank you so much. I just real quick. Yes or no, does the guy growing the amorphous phallus still have that next to his house? Unfortunately, Richard Minto passed away oh, this past no. year. Oh, I'm so sorry. However, however, his nephew has taken over the house, and yes, that the, plant the is, phallus lives. All is right. still there. Thank you so much, Lori Lewis. Go to the Sheffield Garden Walk next week, and until tomorrow, go green or go home. Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.